Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. I want to talk about a really interesting topic today, one that I'm observing more and more frequently, and that is some salon owners actually are starting to think, I don't want to grow. Maybe there's an inability to find great staff and to fill empty chairs, and this is a real problem for growth. And there are some smart, savvy business owners whose businesses are growing rapidly, but there's this fear around getting too big and not being able to sustain growth. And I think that fear and frustration comes from uh, the worry, what if my team leave and decide to rent a chair somewhere else? What if my team leave and decide to work from home? Uh, And they start to steal my other team members. Um, And I think this is something that's real. It's a changing environment. Uh, There's a new generation of people who want to Um, work the way that they want to work and don't want to work within uh, boundaries of other businesses and want a little freedom. And I think we need to pay attention to this and how we can overcome uh, a migrating team. How can we keep a team close to us? Because I know that the frustration is sometimes it feels like we can't train uh, people fast enough, right? Uh, let alone have the time as a business owner to be able to train trainees and employees and associates and apprentices. And if we can't train them fast enough, we are challenged by not being able to find good employees fast enough, or let alone have anybody apply for a job, let alone lose people to rent a chair and uh, working from home scenarios. And these are real live fears and frustrations that we face on a daily basis. But then there's this tug and pull. We, we have the fear around growing and managing our team, but we equally want to grow our business. Maybe we aspire to have the million dollar business and uh, be able to sustain the change within our team. I know that this is something that ultimately creative entrepreneurial ambitious salon owners want you know grow a team that love our culture and grow within us with us as we progress over years and always be able to have enough emerging talent coming up underneath as we grow and progress that there's always someone in the right position at the right time I know for me I wanted to have a great reputation within the industry that we trained well that we paid well that we created a career path for team members and that we were known for having good long-term staff members I know when team members left my business that they could always get a job a good job somewhere and get paid well because of the reputation that they had as they left my business I had a good reputation so I want to talk about the three 
critical things that you need to establish inside of your business in order for you to be able to grow the business of your dreams, the business, the size of your teams, the size of your business with the team that you want that will stay and progress with you and build that good reputation within the business, within the industry. Because if you start to get a good reputation, then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If you have the reputation for paying well and for looking after people and people stay for the long term, then that gets that gets out and that gets around and then good people start wanting to be part of a good business. A-grade players play for A-grade teams. And so if we want to attract A-grade players, we need to behave like an A-grade team. So I want to talk about the three things that we need to do well. The first is I think we need to pay our team really well. I think we need to create a career path for team members. So they start with us and they have somewhere to go and grow and develop into the future. If we don't do that, people come and they arrive, they've reached the top of the peak already. It's the end. The second is to grow your own, to cultivate and inspire and have a solid training plan to be able to grow your own team members and to be able to inspire, encourage creative um, team members to be able to stay, to progress. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. And I think the, the third one is actually around culture, creating a sense of belonging, giving people a reason why they should be employed by you, why they should stay with you. What is their unique place here inside of your business? What can they bring to the table? People want to have a sense of contribution and to belong to something, something they belong to that they believe in. It's a little bit like, why do people go to church? Why do people believe in religion or in God or a higher being? It's because we want to be part of something that's bigger than ourselves, to follow something, to be part of that. We need to become the church of our industry. So... When I had my salon, I had at the, at the most, I had a team of 30. So we had 12 or more stylists at any given time, 12 income generating stylists. We had three apprentices and th uh, sorry, seven apprentices and three colorists. So I ran a training academy. We trained, I had two trainers dedicated to running the academy and we trained regularly seven people were going through our apprentice pro apprenticeship program at any given time at different stages and phases we also had three colorists they were not apprentices they were not qualified stylists their job we trained them and their job were to to color we had uh we became specialists at our high ticket service of becoming becoming color specialists i had three front of house we were open more than 40 hours of the week and so we had front of house people that you know shared that role throughout the 55 hours I think that we were open and one operational manager and uh, the odd support staff that would come in peri periodically and, and support late nights and Saturdays and what whatnot now that's a lot of humans right there's a lot of humans to be able to it's a big operation that is a big beast we used to call it uh, I've created a monster and now it needs to be fed <laughs> and it felt like that at times but to be able to sustain that size of team 
meant that we needed to have some really strong operational procedures in place. We needed to have uh, a grow your own program. We called it Cultivate and we cultivated our own uh, technical skill, skills, skilled employees. We needed to be able to pay people well. We needed to be able to give them a career path, a progression plan, something to move forward to and toward as they grew within our business and reward them as they grew. We needed to create a church-like culture for them to be able to be a part of, be able to contribute to, have a sense of belonging and have a unique place in the world. And we created that place for them. I know one of the problems in the industry is that nobody is even applying for jobs, let alone being able to interview them and choose, you know, out of a bunch of people, which, which is the good one for my team. And so we're often left feeling like we've got no choice over who we employ and we try and employ anybody who comes along quickly to solve the problem, right? And I think I want you to remember, you're not alone in this problem. And this is not a new or unique problem to you either. This is a problem I faced 20 years ago trying to build my business. So I think it's an industry problem. And I think there's a lot to be said and there's a lot that needs to be done for our industry. We need to change a lot of the systems and the procedures and the way that the government looks at our industry and how it helps us or doesn't help us as the case may be. But my point is, there is so much to be changed and so little has changed over the years that what I want for you is I want you to not wait for change. I want you to get up off your seat and do something about it for yourself now. Don't sit there and wonder why and complain to everybody else why people aren't applying. I want you to do your best strategy and then get to work, right? So... Don't sit and be the victim of people not applying and saying there's not enough people out there. I want you to get to work. Now, I know one of the challenges is that team members come and they don't necessarily stay. So I don't know if you've listened to my podcast. Uh, I've got some resources out there around my one to three rule. And the, and the one to three rule is that out of every three people that you employ, probably only one will stay for the long term. And my observation is that one will come for anywhere between six weeks to six months. They'll come, they'll be part of it, and they'll either move themselves out because they realize that the culture is not for them. Or what could be worse is that you move them out because you realize they are not right for you. And so sometimes, probably about one in three, someone will come and they just won't be a right fit. And if you're lucky, they'll move themselves out and choose to leave so you don't have to do it for them. Now, the second one will come and probably work well, do well, won't blow your socks off, do a good job, will leave in two years, she'll have a baby, she'll go overseas, uh, she'll go and get another job, she'll come, she'll do the work and she'll go. And that's okay. And then the third one, out of every three that you employ, one is likely to stay longer than two years, anywhere between five to seven years maybe longer, depending on how long you've been in business, of course. My longest employee uh, left after me. I left before her, actually. And she left a year or two after I left, but she was there. So I was in business 20 years. She was probably there 18 years, probably 19 years by the time that she left. 
um, because she left after, after I did. So sometimes we get lucky, right? Um, but potentially one in three are likely to be a really great culture fit. Someone who loves and adores you and what you're trying to do in the industry, in business, and will really come and be part, solidly be part of the whole ecosystem. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team. You love your team. But you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins. The team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. So if we do the math, for me, when I recognized this behavior, it really took the pressure off me to have to have every single team member my perfect employee. And I think when we start to grow a culture and get a reputation from the industry, we're more, more likely to attract A-grade players. But sometimes a really good B-plus player is good enough. Or we can turn them into an A-grade player. And I think if, if we want to grow, then we need to be open to this. Now, I did notice that uh, in, in attracting apprentices, that sometimes that rule turned into a one out of two. Actually, only one out of two would stay and play for the long term and actually complete the apprenticeship. And for in New Zealand, it's a three-year apprenticeship. Um, that too was a real eye-opener to me, but it changed changed my uh, expectation upon people and it gave me permission to say well you're either in or you're out and if you're out there's the door over there and to let people go and not to hold on to them and often I would employ, employ two at a time and as I got bigger I could afford to do that and I think what we need to remember is it actually if we want to be successful employing people and have a higher return of people that stay then we need to think what's in it for them, with them. I call it with them, with them. What's in it for me? For, you know, when we think about, when I say me, not me, the business owner, them. What's in it for them? How are we going to make the math work? How can we make it a win for them? Let's not sit and complain. We just need to JDFI. Just do the freaking work. <laughs> um, just get on and do it. And we need to stop sitting, <clears throat> sitting and complaining about the lack of the industry. So think about it this way. It's a little bit like the chicken and the egg. Which comes first? Or which do we wait for? Do we wait for the chicken to walk past or do we sit on our egg and hatch it? Well, I actually think you need to sit on your egg and hatch the egg while you wait for the chicken. 
it's not a chicken or the egg. I think it needs to be chicken and the egg. Your strategy to, to growth and success needs to be both. And while we're sitting there waiting for the perfect employee to come along, we could, and all of that time that we've been sitting and waiting, we could have trained somebody to be income generating super quick. All right. So I think, as I've mentioned, the solution is threefold. Let's talk about cultivate. Let's talk about growing our own. I think there's two reasons we need to do this. One is that we shouldn't be reactive and be surprised when people leave. This is just the reality of being in business. You will always be the last man standing. People will come and they will go. Hopefully, we get them for the longest period possible and we give them the best experience possible uh, and we part uh, in happy ways and they move on, remember us as the best boss that they ever had. So we shouldn't be surprised when people need to move on. But also we need to plan for growth. We need to be a step ahead and plan that if we keep growing at the current trajectory, we're going to need more people. And so part of our job as the CEO is to create space to train and cultivate our own team members. Don't wait for the industry. Don't wait for the government. Don't wait for more apprenticeships to be available so more people come out the other end. Get on and look after your own ecosystem. Create a system, a cycle that people can come and cycle through your training program in a systematic way that you know that with an X amount of time, you can get people uh, serving clients whether it's doing massage or just doing color, what, how can you get those people income generating quickly, swiftly, and promptly in a good quality but systematic manner? How quickly can you get them systematically and in a, cycle, in a cycled way up to being serving their own clients, doing their own clients doing facials, doing their own clients doing color work and cutting and styling? How can we create a systematic growth plan that takes them from a new employee, trains them to be a supporting employee, to now being an income generating employee and now put them on a career path. We need to document it. We need to spell it out step-by-step step, progression. Commit to becoming a long-term trainer. Commit to the outcome. Actually commit to hatching the egg, <laughs> right? Commit to being a trainer. Train your people, train your people well. This is the role of the CEO. Um, okay, have the best trained team that you possibly can. Be proud of being a trainer. All right, number two, I think we need to champion our team to earn more. Uh, I Don't wait for them. Here's my philosophy. Don't wait for your team members to ask for a pay rise, because some will, and it will annoy you, and some won't, and they'll just leave. Offer them a pay rise. Get to work, show them how they can earn more so you can pay them more. I think we need to flip it. I think too often we feel resentful about our team and we put them in the expense box. They're so expensive. I don't want to pay them an extra dollar. I don't want to, I feel resentful when they go home early. I'm not going to pay them for that. Should I pay them to train? Well, the answer is, I think we need to flip the whole mindset. Your employees should be in the sales line. They're sales members. They are, they are sales team members. They just happen to do sales via beauty therapy or hairdressing. If we put them in the sales box, not in the expense box, 
then we can feel good about investing in them and that they're not a liability, but they, that you get a return on that investment. Teach them to sell, teach them to serve. Take a win-win approach. Now, if we take a win-win approach, actually all three parties win. If you teach your team to sell and serve, serve and sell, then they win because they earn more commission and you can pay them more. If you teach them to serve and sell, then the client wins. The client is well looked after when she's at home with the products that she's been recommended. She has the hair or the skin that she's always dreamt of. She has hair that's in great condition because she's actually been told how to look after it, how to style it, um, how to look beautiful in between appointments. So the client wins. If you teach your team to sell and to serve, then they win the client wins, but also you win by reaching your sales, your own sales targets. And if you're reaching your own sales targets, then you can afford to pay them more. You can pay them a higher hourly rate. You can pay them more commission. You can give them bonuses on good performance. Give them a pay rise, be a step ahead of them and offer them the pay rise because they're performing so well because you've put the time and the work in to teach them how to do that. Remember what's in it for me. Always be what's in it for the well, not me, me, <laughs> for them. What's in it for them? What's in it for you? <laughs> um, give, them, give them the why they should serve and sell. Have the best paid team in your area. People don't want to leave when they're paid well and they also have a sense of belonging. So step number three is create a winning culture. When people have a reason why they work for you because there's a bigger purpose at play, because you're here to serve uh, or you're here to achieve a certain goal, why did you get into business in the first place? And then if they're part of your why, you also need to tap into their why. What is it that they are achieving by working for you? What is it that is their goal that they're going to get by earning more? Can they buy a house? Can they travel more? Can they have more flexible work hours? What is their unique place inside of your business? What is it that they bring to the table? People want to be seen for something that they uniquely bring to the table. If they're just another number uh, on, on the conveyor belt, that's not an exciting purpose-driven place to be. It's easy for people to move when they don't have a sense of belonging. What do they bring to the table that's unique out of anybody else that's in the business at the moment? People want to be seen. And if you want to be known as the best boss, then you want to create a culture that really has purpose. You want to be the, the church of your industry, of your local area. They may not go to church on Sunday, but maybe they do. But if they don't, they should at least feel like they're coming to church every day. You want, when they leave, for them to remember you as the best boss, the best place that they ever, that they ever worked. So if you want to grow your business and reach the million dollar mark or whatever that number, you know, replace a million dollars with whatever that number is for you and be known as the best boss, the best place to work, the best place for, for hairdressers and beauty therapists to come, that you have a career path for them, step by step laid out into the future that they can see down the yellow brick road and see where they are going and that you are able to give them a progression plan that you are offering them pay rises on a regular basis, that they are the best trained people in your local area and that you have a, a reputation in the industry for great long-term staff because they are paid well 
and that they stay. When you remember that your clients are now your team, when you start to grow a business and a team and you step into the management phase of business, your client really needs to become your team. If you ever want to hope from getting from the management phase to the scale phase of business where you can truly grow and scale a business. Well, I hope that was a useful take on should I grow? What are the things that I should be doing in order to truly grow a sustainable, sustainable business, a business that can sustain change, can sustain team, uh, team movement because it's inevitable and we want to be able to send them on their merry way, smiling and happy that you've spent this time together because you don't need to stress that there's somebody else to come in and underneath and replace them a sustainable business model. If you want help growing your business to the next level, if you're a bit of a plateau and you don't know what to do with your team and how to really grow them to thrive, then reach out. You'll always find me on Messenger. This is exactly how I help salon owners in my Salon Mastery program. I would love to have a chat, find out more about your business, what's going on for you right now. And if Salon Mastery is right for you, um, Let's chat. Meanwhile, I look forward to connecting with you. Same time, same place. You know you can always find me in the Profitable and Successful Facebook group for salon owners. Otherwise, same time, same place next week on the podcast. Ciao for now.